Could you, like, shut your mouth, please? Hey guys, welcome back to the Shut Your Mouth Please podcast. Today it's just me, Savannah, no friends to join me. Uh, This is episode 7 and I am doing this solo because I want to talk about my anxiety journey. Um, I'm not over it yet um, and I'm going to try to not make this uh, podcast very heavy. I know this can be a heavy topic but um, we're going to be talking about my anxiety in general and also how I have been overcoming it in the last year. To start out, I'm going to pull up a quote of the day. So y'all know when we have guests, we do the question of the day, but being just me, a quote seems more appropriate. So the quote I have today is one from uh, that I found on Pinterest and it's from Visco. It doesn't have a name for who said this uh, originally, but it is. Just always be a better person and make your intentions pure. What and who you are is what you'll attract, what you'll maintain. Pain is inevitable and it will always exist, but if you focus on understanding what you are feeling and why you are feeling it, you will overcome it. So I feel like that goes along with the topic really well. So um, yeah, I guess we'll just get started uh, talking about my journey with anxiety and the beginning of it all for me. So I can remember being a child and feeling anxious. Uh, It got to the point that in third grade, I was complaining of a headache and a stomach ache every single day. And if you guys don't know, when kids, a lot of the times, you know, they don't know to say, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling overwhelmed, and it manifests physically as like a stomach ache for them. So they took me to the doctor, did blood work, did an MRI, nothing was wrong. Uh, so they gave me medicine to cure the symptoms, and they gave me a sleep medicine too because I wasn't sleeping. Um, and from there, obviously, like I said, that was third grade. So I guess I was probably nine years old. Um, I had been feeling that way for a while, I think, off and on. It just had never manifested itself so routinely as it was that year. That year was hard for me in school. I had a math teacher that I just really didn't vibe with. Um, I didn't understand things and she didn't really help explain things to the point that my parents went up to the school several times to complain to the principal that I wasn't getting the help that I needed. And I'm a people pleaser. I like to do things right. Um, Anytime that I'm criticized it it hurts me and I take it personally and I know that that's something for me to work on but I was nine years old and it was hard for me to deal with feeling like I was failing and I wasn't being helped from the teacher who was supposed to be helping me and I ended up getting moved math classes that year and uh yeah from then on middle school I had friends who were having a lot of issues at home and so for those of y'all who don't know let me just say um, I'm the daughter of addicts Um, my biological parents struggle with addiction and I was raised by my grandparents so I would just refer to them as my parents because I've been with them since I was a baby Uh, we won't get too into that but if you guys want another podcast about my experience being a child of addiction and that sort of thing I can totally do that one day but yeah so I had my own 
childhood trauma, obviously. Um, and being in middle school, I met a lot of friends who also had traumatic childhoods. They had gone through a lot at really young ages, and some of them handled it better than others. Um, I, I won't really go into detail because I know that some things can be triggering for people, but it was just like, I don't know, they, they weren't getting the help that they needed at home, the support at school wasn't really there, so they kind of took it on themselves to deal with their emotions in whatever way they saw fit. Sometimes that was really bad for them, and sometimes it was like kind of healthy, but I mean, we were so young. I mean, middle school, you're like 11 to like 13, 14. So you don't know how to handle those big emotions. And it was just hard for all of us in middle school. I mean, I'm sure you can remember the days you were in middle school and agree that it was a hard time. Uh, You're figuring out so much of who you are and what you want to be. And emotions are just high. Hormones are crazy. It's just a really emotional, heavy time for a lot of kids. And it was for me. Um, I, I just, like, had social anxiety kind of bad, like reading in front of the class was a nightmare going up and doing projects was a nightmare public speaking was like my worst nightmare I still don't like to speak in public uh and that gets me labeled as shy a lot and I guess I kind of am to an extent but it's more of like I am afraid that people are going to ridicule me for saying what I want to say and I say that present tense it's getting better but then especially when I was like 13 I I was so afraid of what my peers thought of me. I was terrified to be the outcast, as I'm sure we all are in middle school. Um, high school came, and it was about the same uh, until I was about 16, and then I started dating my now husband. And being accepted into his friend group was an acceptance that I'd never felt before. Um, I have never been the person with a friend group. I've always had a couple friends, but and I was not the girl, and still am not, who has, like, huge sleepovers with 13 people who are all best friends. Like, it's just, that was never me. I didn't play sports in high school or middle school. I was in a couple of clubs, but still, like I said, I kept to myself so much because I was just afraid. I was nervous. Um, so, I, when I started dating my husband he had a core friend group that he had been friends with since he was like preschool kindergarten and so I would start I started eating lunch with them and hanging out with them and there a couple of them are like my best friends um one of them I was actually best friends with before I started dating Jacob and he and I are still best friends to this day it's been what like nine years now that we have been best friends and I'm so thankful for that acceptance, but that helped my anxiety a lot to have a friend group and to have people that I felt like I could trust and rely on outside of like my parents and sister at home. So then I went to college and it was about the same. I felt more accepted in college because we were all there to do the same thing. I uh, majored in early childhood education. So as you can imagine, most of the people who are in that kind of field or going into that kind of field are compassionate and I mean just kind people most teachers have a heart for others and so being surrounded with that kind of positive energy was really good for me I felt like I kind of thrived in college um the girls I mean there were a couple guys in the program but it was mostly women 
that I had in my classes and they were all just so kind to me and I felt like I could express my feelings, I could speak around them and not be terrified that I was going to be ridiculed or laughed off the, I don't know, laughed back into my chair or whatever it was. And I, I don't really know why I felt that way. Um, I it, didn't, it never happened to me. I mean, I never had like a traumatic experience of like people hardcore making fun of me. I wouldn't say I was popular. Um... I was friends with a lot of people. Like I said, I had a lot of friends, but I only had a couple people that I was really close to at any given point in my life. Um, I wouldn't say I categorized myself into the popular group, but I also wasn't like bullied. And I'm very thankful for that. And if you were, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That really breaks my heart for anyone who had to go through that sort of treatment in school or even as adults, because yeah, it does still happen. Um, I had the closest experience to bullying that I ever had in the workplace as an adult. And that woman is just like, I don't know, she was 10 years older than me at least. And she's blocked on every form of social media. And I obviously do not speak to her. And that's wonderful. But after college, I started working at a store in retail. Um... And luckily, I met some really cool people. I have a lot of best friends from that job still. And a lot of people who had about the same level of anxiety slash friendliness as I did. So we got along and we meshed really well. And that was good for that workplace. But like I said, I have some social anxiety. And being working in retail customer service kind of thing, you can't, you can't be afraid to speak to people, you can't be afraid to like not know what to say or be afraid that someone's gonna get mad at you because they just will. In retail, customers get mad at you all the time, coworkers get mad, management gets mad, and you just have to deal with it. Um, and I hate that you just kind of have to take the brunt of it, but it sucks. It sucks, but that's how it is. Um, so I met really good people. I also met really bad people and the height of my anxiety happened um, partially while I was working there and partially after when I was still dealing with some of the people that I met working there and some people that I didn't have contact with then reached out also and I mean just a lot of heavy stuff was put on me like hard emotions in terms of like not only work but like things outside of work um people's relationships, people's childhood stuff, people's family issues, people's, I don't know, fights with best friends, all this stuff that people would try to talk to me about. And like, I, I kind of felt like they were asking for my input and my advice when like, I was a 21 year old girl and like, I didn't know. I didn't know how to help them. Um, and that really made me anxious after a while. Um, taking other people's problems on yourself is never fun. And that's never the thing to do. You should always have a boundary of like, hey, you're asking too much from me emotionally. But I was very naive and I didn't know to set that boundary when I was 21. So I ended up taking a lot of burdens and baggage that wasn't mine to take and weren't mine to deal with on myself because... I felt the need to care for people 
even though they were strangers. Like, I wanted to help them. I wanted to take care of them. I wanted to make sure they were happy. And it was, like, people that didn't matter. Like, coworkers, people that I worked with, people that I worked for. Like, I just, I didn't need to take that on myself, but I did. And um, it, it hurt me emotionally. It hurt me with my mental health. It, I mean, only negative things can come from you not setting boundaries properly, right? And it did. Um, It manifested itself physically. It manifested itself in so many ways. Like, I had stomach ulcers for months. I, my stomach is still kind of messed up. Um, I had migraines all the time. I would feel dizzy all the time at work. At the end of me working there, it was like, I, I feel like I kind of have PTSD from it and like not not trying to self-diagnose, but it's it's a very similar feeling to what I read about that um, mental health disorder. We live 10 hours away from uh, where I used to work, but like it's a it's a chain store. So walking into any of those stores now, I feel like I might hit the ground, like pass out dizzy. I start like getting so anxious. I I get like my hands and feet get clammy. I get, like I said, just dizzy. I panic. My heart starts racing. It's awful. Um, and that's where I met the, the bully, the mean girl, who was 10 years older than me also, who decided she hated me for no reason. And um, I don't know. Dealing with that was really hard because it it just was i i'm still struggling to get over some of that um that emotion from that but my anxiety hit a really low point at the end of 2020 um obviously it was bad all through 2020 i started i went to the doctor for my stomach issues last july and I was given some anxiety medication, but it's the kind where you take it if you're having a panic attack. It's not the kind that you take every day preventatively. And honestly, I didn't take it for the first time until this February because I was so anxious to take my anxiety medication. <laughs> it was uh, it was so bad. Looking back at that time in my life, I could just cry because there were nights where, like, my husband would fall asleep and I would get out of bed and come to the living room because I couldn't sleep. And I would just, like, sit in here and cry for hours. And I know that that's really sad. And I said I'm not going to try and get this to be a heavy topic. But it's the truth. And there were a few nights where I would sob to him for a couple hours. But he had to work. And so I didn't want to burden him with that emotion. Um, and last December... December 2020 around Christmas time was probably the lowest point that in January of this year of 2021 I got to the point where I was just like so emotional all the time um I I just felt like I was the worst person and like everything that I did was bad and I decided that like I didn't know who I was I didn't know what I wanted I had taken all of this pain and issues from other people onto myself that I felt like it was my own. And um, it caused some rifts in friendships in my marriage. I mean, it it really took a toll on every aspect of my life. And 
my anxiety at that point was just unbearable. Like, I couldn't go into restaurants. I mean, I still, I still am working through this, but going into a restaurant, I would just start having a panic attack and like feel like I physically could not swallow food. And that's the scariest thing ever is to be in a restaurant and feel like you're choking. And then you think I'm going to throw up. And then that causes even more anxiety because with mine anyway, my social anxiety is like, I don't want to cause problems for anybody. And like me throwing up in public is my worst nightmare. So that was really hard um, to work through. And like I said, that's something that I'm still very much working through is like being able to eat at a restaurant and feel like a normal person and like go do things because for a while there I was just I felt trapped in my own body that's very much how my anxiety made me feel was like I was trapped in my body my brain like I could rationalize with myself and be like listen you're you're making a big deal out of nothing there's nothing for you to be afraid of there's no reason for you to be anxious but I just could not get over it my physical symptoms would just take over and there was, it felt like there was no way out. Um, my anxiety at my lowest point really felt like, is this going to be the rest of my life because I cannot deal with this? Um, so in January, I ended up having a big breakdown to my husband and um, hashed out some things that we'd never hashed out before. And um, that was kind of the turning point, honestly. And it wasn't like a big dramatic we're gonna divorce situation it was just like I've been struggling so long with all this stuff and I haven't told you all of this stuff and like I'm terrified of I mean just all of it like I'm terrified of my brain I hate these physical symptoms I don't like who I am I don't like who I was I need to make a change but I don't know how like I feel stuck was basically the come come to Jesus moment I guess you could say And from that point on, it was like, okay, um, I have a lot to work on myself. And so I, I started out with just journaling. I got a notebook and I started doing journal entries, like about how I was feeling about myself and about these people who had put so much on me for so long and like how I was feeling about my relationship, how how much I didn't like myself and who I wanted to be, how much I wasn't liking who I was and my my highest self, if you will, what what I wanted to be like, what I what goals I had and how I could reach those. Um and that alone helped a lot. I started reading my Bible again because faith um is a thing that is important to me. And if it's not to you then I that advice probably won't help. But to me, it helped um, praying a lot, meditating a lot. I started looking up positive quotes and deciding to try and focus on the positive. Um, and one big thing that I know sounds kind of cliche, but every time I had a really negative thought, I would try to replace it with a positive one. I learned a lot about the law of attraction and that the energy that you put out into the universe is the energy that you will get back. Um energy attracts energy the same kind of energy attracts the same kind of energy so um, your mind is kind of a magnet and the things that you dwell on are the things that manifest usually and so I wanted that to be positive instead of negative like it had been for so long and I 
like I said, started looking at positive affirmations all the time, you know, repeating things to myself like, I am so capable of this. Like, I can overcome my anxiety. I, I'm, I am smart. I am creative. I am, I don't know, I am kind. I am, um, I am forgiven. I forgive myself. All of this stuff that um, before really took a toll on me. I tried to overcome it by... I mean, cutting that thought off in the middle and replacing it with something happy and positive and encouraging to myself because that was one thing. I used to tear myself down constantly and I switched that into encouraging myself all the time and um, really building my confidence, building my self-worth back, building my boundaries up, like learning who I wanted to be and what it would take me to get there, um, trying to figure out my confidence level, like I said, um, because I feel like when you're confident in who you are and you can honestly, truly say you love yourself and you know that you're capable and you can do anything you set your mind to, really, truly believing that stuff helps cancel out anxious thoughts so much because anytime you have a thought, you can try and cut it off with something more positive. Um, and don't, I know this sounds rainbows and sunshine, but it's still hard. I still have really bad anxiety days sometimes. I'm a worst case scenario thinker. Um, anytime anything happens, I think about the very worst thing that could happen. But an important thing to do though is say you're driving and you're anxious about driving and your brain is like, what if I get in a wreck and like die? What if something terrible happens to me? And then you have to like think about the solution or two. Like, okay, if I get in a wreck, then someone will call 911 if I'm not able to. Someone will call emergency services if I can't. And if I can, then that means that I'm okay enough to call for myself. And that's a good thing. But if I'm not then they'll get here and they'll help me. And like, worst case scenario is that someone has to help me and that's okay. Like coming to that point in your brain of like being able to talk yourself through your anxious thoughts is so hard and it took me so much time. And again, I'm not perfect. I still have days where my brain starts to spiral. Um, it gets, it, it can get overwhelming still where I think a negative anxious thought and then I think another one and then another one and then I'm like, well, I'm, I don't know, I'm just, I, I'm the worst person. Like, I hate myself, but I don't, I don't hate myself and you shouldn't hate yourself either. If you do, I'm very sorry and I really hope that the things that I'm saying can help you um, because I, I feel like I took advice from so many different sources and compiled everything that helped me and I'm trying to share that with you guys now because it sucks. It's an awful place to be mentally, to like dislike yourself and not be able to overcome your anxiety. It's the absolute worst and I know that and if anything I say today can help you, that's great and that's kind of why I'm sharing my story. But so journaling, number one thing that helped me. Um, relying on my faith also helped me a whole lot. Affirmations, the I am statements. There's an app that I have on my phone now called I am and it sends me as many uh, positive affirmations a day as I tell it to and 
that's been so good. That's made so much progress for me even in the last like month that I've had the app, like 10 times a day getting an I am statement, like I am strong, I am capable. People care what I have to say. My my intentions are great. Like all of those things are, it's so good for my brain to be reminded constantly like, hey, yeah, no, I am, I am strong. I am capable. I am kind. I do have the resources that I need. Like abundance does float to me. Um, the law of attraction and like um, visualizing and all of that, it, it, it can feel silly at first, but it really made such a difference for my anxiety and my mental health. The next thing I talked a little bit about, boundaries. Setting boundaries with myself, setting boundaries with other people, deleting people, uh, blocking numbers, deleting friends on Facebook. I set my Instagram account to private and deleted some of my followers at one point because it was just, I needed space from the people who hurt my mental health. And I'm not saying that they all had that intention. I'm sure most of them didn't, but it was the the fact that I needed to get away from my triggers. And at that point, those people were triggering me because I don't know, it's hard to set a boundary when there's never been one of like, hey, I know that this whole time I've been letting you vent to me every single day and you have put all of your emotions on me and now I feel like they're mine to handle, but like you can't do that now. That just, that's hard. It's so hard. So one of the things that I did was just like send a quick message if it was someone that I talked to all the time, like, hey, I um, I can't do this anymore and I don't know how to say that and I hope you're not mad, but I just can't. And some people took it really well and some people didn't take it very well. Uh, but it was just something that I had to do. I had to do it for me. I had to do it for my marriage. I had to do it for my friendships. I had to do it for my future self and who I want to be, my highest self. And uh, it, it helped a lot to get rid of the negativity, the negative people in my life that I felt were weighing me down. Taking that and, I mean, pushing it away from myself was one of the best things I could have done. So boundaries with other people boundaries with myself in terms of like, okay, you know that this thing triggers you. You know that when you are in this situation, you do not have the self-control to like end whatever it is. You do not have the capability to get yourself in a better state when you're in this situation or when you're talking to this person or when you're feeling this way, you have a hard time pulling yourself out of that and you know that this thing is the cause of that, so cut it off. Like, don't let yourself get into that situation. Don't let yourself talk to that person. Don't let yourself download this app. Don't let yourself, whatever, like, push it away, cut it off, break free of the chains that you put on yourself in your brain. Break free of who you used to be and that you hated that person. You hated feeling how you did when you were that person. You hated how you felt when you did those things, when you said those things, when you talked to those people. So stop. And that was really hard too, was getting myself out of, I mean, who I was. Climbing up out of a hole that I dug for myself was so hard. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. And it took me months. It wasn't like a, oh, three days later, I'm great. Like a week later, I feel like a new person. And I did feel a little bit of relief immediately when I set those boundaries with myself and with other people and with 
situations, whatever it was, like setting boundaries and getting myself to feel like me again. It had been so long since I felt like myself. Pushing through those boundaries or pushing through those like blocks, those limitations and starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, like, oh yeah, that's how I used to feel. Those are the things that I used to enjoy. I'm going to try and get back to that. Just seeing a little bit of movement in that right direction was so motivating. It was so relieving to feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm not stuck. This isn't forever. So like I said, there was one point where I was like, is this my life now? Is this just going to be the rest of my life because I can't handle it? And knowing that I didn't have to handle it, that that wasn't forever, was the biggest relief. The next thing, this was really recent. I was listening to a Whoa That's Good podcast, um, one of their episodes, Sadie Robertson's podcast. She had Dr. Amen on there. Um, You can look him up. I think he's a psychiatrist, psychologist. I'm not sure 100% but he has a PhD, and um, he basically, like, scans people's brains, figures out where they're getting stuck with their mental health, and helps them overcome it. One of his main things is, like, your brain is lying to you. Just because you have a thought doesn't make it true. Just because you think something doesn't make it, that doesn't mean that's the way it is. And being able to stop myself in the middle of a panic attack, in the middle of my anxiety, in the middle of my stress, and be like, just because my brain is saying it to me doesn't make it true was a game changer like just because i have this thought does not mean that it's the bible just because i have this thought does not mean that it's the end all be all i may be thinking like oh my gosh you failed today you failed as a wife you didn't get the laundry done you didn't cook good enough dinner being able to be like but i did some laundry I did cook dinner. I did clean the house. Like, redirection for your thoughts is such a game changer, like I said. Um, Knowing that your brain will just, it just throws things out sometimes. Then you can be like, wait a second, no. Like, that's not, that's not the way it is. That's not what I choose to believe about this situation. I choose a positive thought. I choose a happy thought. And that's easier said than done. You have to work up to that point. It's all about a slow build of like healing your brain, healing your mind, healing your mental health, healing your body sometimes, working out, that's good for my mental health. Drinking enough water is so good for my brain, I mean physically and mentally. Taking care of yourself and like putting in conscious effort to improve your life in every aspect, that helps my anxiety so much and hopefully it would help yours. But my, I I don't know. I feel like right now, in my life, I am in the best place that I've ever been with my mental health and my anxiety. I feel like I'm finally starting to be able to control it. And for a while, I thought for sure I would have to be medicated. And absolutely no shame if you are. If you have medication that helps you, that's awesome. And if one day I need medication to help me, I'll get on it as soon as I like realize that I need it. No shame in medication. Don't let anybody ever tell you that there is. But I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to like go to a therapist all the time. I'm going to have to be medicated. I'm going to have to like seek all this outside stuff to help me. And maybe I should have. Maybe it would have been a faster process. You know, maybe it would still help me to do those things. And it might. And one day, like I said, 
next week I might change my mind and be like, no, I do want medication. No, I do want to see a therapist and I'll do that if that's the case. But right now I feel like I'm managing it on my own better and healthier than I ever have. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so thankful that I've gotten a little bit of control with my anxiety because you can feel so out of control when you have a mental health disorder. It's so hard, y'all. I mean, if you don't struggle with mental health and you know someone who does, I hope this gives you some insight into their brain and the things that they struggle and probably deal with. And of course, anxieties for anxiety for my cousin may be different than it is for me. Anxiety with my best friend, she may deal with it totally differently than I do. But just as like a generalization, anxiety is tough. Like it's so hard. But if you can like try and help yourself, try and focus on positivity, try and like beat your brain in a way, it can be so good. And I guess that's my big sis advice for this podcast is like, you may not be able to help yourself all the way. You know, you may have to go get medicated. You may need help outside of what you can do for you, but try your best to help yourself too. Help yourself get through it. Help yourself visualize your highest self. Try to try to do the things that your dream self is doing. Live your life in the way that you, I mean, that you visualize like your happiest, healthiest self. Do the things that you think that they would do. Try and get yourself there. Um, you got to be selfish sometimes with your with your brain. You've got to set boundaries. You have to take time to do the things that are going to get you healthy. And yeah, my advice is just like do that. Don't don't be afraid to try for yourself. And yeah, this was a very interesting episode. Um I feel like I overshared, but I know like I said that hopefully this can help someone out there. Um, realize that they can overcome their anxiety. Um, you can beat your brain. You can, you can talk it out of its own negativity. And um, yeah, I don't know. I know I went over the 30 minute mark, but I just felt like I had a lot of good things to say today. So if you guys liked this and you want more mental health kind of podcasts, you want more um, information about anxiety or my story or um, law of affirmation stuff, or law of attraction stuff, affirmation stuff. If you want me to talk about growing up as a child of addicts, I'll do that. Comment on my Instagram for this podcast. It is shut your mouth, please pod. Um, please is PLS. So shut your mouth, please pod at Instagram. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you want to see. Go follow us there if you haven't already. And yeah, I will not keep y'all any longer. Bye.